Thank you for listening to Value-Based Care Insights, a podcast by Lumina Health Partners. I'm your host, Shelley Chopra. The series is for healthcare leaders and organizations navigating the journey to value-based care and our ever-changing landscape of healthcare industry. And that could not be more true than the times we are in right now. Our goal in the series is to bring to you disruptive success strategies for healthcare organizations leveraging our experience and having worked with some of industry's top experts and thought leaders. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to invite you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think about the episode and other questions that might be top of your mind. With that, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Dan Marino, Managing Partner at Lumina and an industry thought leader for value-based care. Dan, welcome. Hi, Shelley. Dan, I was thinking, in the times of change we're in right now, as a country, in fact, even globally, we're challenged to assess our old normal and pivot to align with the new normal, the new needs, the new environment we're going through as healthcare providers. While there is a lot of talk about new rulings, new financial realities healthcare systems are finding themselves in, I want to zoom that lens today on the provider perspective. And talk about questions such as what problems, issues, and even insecurities our physicians might be struggling with as they gear to reemerge from COVID-19 lockdown. And let's talk about the questions they might be mulling in, such as what is my current reality? What am I feeling? What have I been doing as a practitioner that is no longer relevant, and what new skills do I need to acquire to succeed in the new normal? What do you think? Well, like with many of us, our our whole situation, our life has, has changed. Physicians are no different. And to a certain extent, physicians are really challenged with um, how they need to interact with patients. Uh, in particular, if you're a specialist, and you perform a lot of surgeries, recently, as we all know, that has really decreased a lot um, with many of the elective surgeries not, not occurring. So, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of feelings of insecurity, um, patient volume really decreasing, uh, really, uh, I think, a lot of um, thought in terms of what the volume is going to look like after the COVID crisis subsides. And how do you really take care of some of these patients as you're starting to interact with them, not just about a lot of the COVID activities, but around a lot of their chronic disease activities as well? I, I agree. And, you know, so I think instead of just looking at from operational perspective, how do they ramp up to tackle the new volume, maybe even a different pair mix that comes their way, I think the question is even a step back on how do they prepare themselves to really adjust to this new normal and lead that change within their practice as well. Yeah, that new normal within their practices and how they interact with patients is something that they're going to have to figure out along the way. You know, there's no book, there's no map, there's there's no real instructions in terms of what this new normal is going to look like. And some of it is just really going to be based on how they interact with their patients how they incorporate a lot of their new clinical decision-making, new clinical workflows, and so forth into their practice, and even incorporating a lot of the new technology. 
I think it, it, it's really going to change the way that they, they practice. And you can't help but think that it's going to create a lot of feelings of anxiety for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving that we're acknowledging, besides the technology and the change and the numbers and the rulings, there's this underlying feeling of anxiety, that angst that our providers and our practices and our caregivers are feeling. And how do we actually help that? How do we prepare to address that? Um, because that's foundational to as we ramp up and, and deal with the new normal. Absolutely. Shelly, really pleased to have with us today Doug McKinley. Doug is president and CEO of DLM Pathways, consulting firm that works with physicians and medical practices, hospitals across the country, on helping them to incorporate a lot of leadership and cultural change management within their own practices. Doug, welcome to our show today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Doug, as we're starting to work with physicians, and as Shelley and I had said, we're hearing a lot of feelings around um, unsureness, anxiety, um, really a fear of what the future is going to look like. What are some of the things that you're hearing as you're interacting with providers? I was kind of uh, reacting to the words you were using, uh, Shelley and Dan, the word anxiety. Um, it made me think of a doc I was talking to recently. Docs tend to not use those sort of softer psychology words. So the word he used was disoriented, which I thought was great. <laughs> so I think that's what, what they're experiencing. I, it's funny. I work a lot with, I get a, I'm privileged to work with physicians and I do a, a ton of work in the area of resiliency because burnout has been such a big challenge really for many years now. And uh, I find physicians to be extremely resilient in their in their practicing of medicine. So it, it's, it's so odd to uh, use the word resiliency with physicians when they're, they're, you know, they're very agile in their practice of medicine and work. But when it comes to their own, their own uh, internal dialogue, not so much. <clears throat> I think emotional resiliency is where they just haven't spent a lot of time putting, putting uh, some tools together to cope with that. So that's where I would say I'm, most of my conversations end up. You know, recently, Doug, I was talking to um, a physician who owned a very successful orthopedic practice. And as we all know, a lot of the elective surgeries have, have decreased to the point where they're really a, a trickle. Now, over the next couple of months, we're anticipating that changing with a lot of the new elective surgeries occurring. But, you know, he, um, their practice has always been in a position where They've done very well. They've done very well financially. Okay. Um, they're a very prestigious orthopedic group. They're very influential in the community and with the hospital. And it seems like a lot of those things recently has, has been taken away from them. And, you know, it, it's created a lot of concern and this fear of really what the, what the future is going to look like. Yeah, it's like, who am I? What's my identity really based on? And, you know, there, there's... I would say there's at least three categories of people here, right? Some people just take to this and they, their identity isn't based on their work. It's who they are. And they, they really are just uh, responding masterfully. And then there's another third or a group in there somewhere that are confused. And then I think some are deeply uh, entrenched in neurotic struggling. So I do think that's that identity piece, compensation, all the things that they're 
their go-to uh, value-based performance things are, as they've been pulled away, it forces them to face themselves. So one of the things that I've said to physicians is we start to, you know, they start to ramp up and almost define this new normal. You know, one of the things that we've talked with them about is giving them the right influence information so they can start to make some of these decisions, almost to have them feel comfortable about the things that they can control and building on from there. Sure. What is What are some of the things that you've done working with physicians to help them, you know, almost get a new grasp on what this new normal, this new future is going to look like? Yeah, that's that's good. I, You know, most of the docs I work with know that I'm a clinical psychologist, so they they look to me and say, okay, go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> and I don't, I don't really have any pixie dust, Dan. I think they're just good old-fashioned, you know, tools. And so I, I've got a couple that, you know, been kind of preparing for this time, and I thought I'd throw out there that have, I think have been particularly helpful. The first one, I, I think for all of us, including myself, uh, we just, we almost, we need to name this thing. I've heard you guys use the word new normal a couple times already. What does that mean, and what do I call it internally, not externally? And so I think just naming naming this um, time, this season of life, is a, pl- a way to not be controlled by it, but to step back and be a per- be a spectator of it within ourselves. And so for me, I just renamed the, the great pause button. It's like it feels to me like the world has just been put on pause. And we have a we have this unique opportunity to reset and and reflect and listen. And so I'm I'm spending you know the the first part of my conversations with uh, my physician leaders just asking them, what are you calling this personally? What are you making it? I don't know if that resonates with either of you. Do you guys have something that you've in your mind you've uh, you've called this this season? You know I, I haven't really. You know I think that's an interesting point. You know, a lot of around the new normal, you know, I've I've also been helping uh, physicians think about um, what this this recovery is going to look like post-COVID and tying it into that phased recovery. You know, I've been doing that a lot in my own life as well, too, you know, thinking about what the phases of recovery into whatever the future is going to look like. Um, for me, it's helped put it into a context that I can control or at least begin to manage. And we've been doing a lot of the same thing for, for physicians, and it has given them at least a sense of comfort that yeah. there's a direction. It's sort of that fear of the unknown, in my mind, has created a lot of concern and obviously a lot of anxiety, as you, you know, called it before, that, that disorganization or, you know, so, those challenges that the physicians yeah. have. Um, the word, you know, Doug, that was a really good question, and I was thinking about it. The word I've been using that emerges for me is reinvent, you know, mm-hmm. reset, reinvent that. And as I think about that from physician perspective, things that were working, the, the way they engage with the patients and provided care more face-to-face, you know, um, those models have to be shifted right now. So labeling that as reinvent to your point Doug, gives you the power and control on what can i change what do i want to change how do i get successful in that change and what do i need to let go so it becomes more driven by you know self decision versus circumstances driving that but that's yeah. really the point what word do we choose for it yeah great i love it reinvent 
the normal. I've been uh, fortunate enough to know you, Dan, for you know many years now, and it's not surprising that you would move into a forward-focused doing. Um, what I'm what I'm inviting, and you're a lot. That's very similar to a lot of physicians. What I'm inviting them to do is to stop and think about the being aspect of this before we do. Uh, if we get that sequence out of order, we can we can accelerate disorientation. And so that's why I like this technique of naming it, resetting, reinventing, and then go and do your doing. So when you talk a little bit about, you know, the being kind of, you know, coming to grips with what's happening now, what are you hearing some of the, the physicians saying, or are there some things that you can share with physicians to help them sort of understand what that being is, what that is now? You know, how do you begin to get your arms or wrap your arms around you know, our, our current reality, if you will. Well, I think you, you already named it. They are, they're confused and their, their identity is being threatened. And so the way that I'm, the conversations I'm having are around, remember, you didn't get here by mistake. You are a powerful, capable, talented, smart individual, and you have all of the resources right in front of you to guide you. And so it's it's just, again, getting them back centered into remembering um, who they are. I even had one conversation with a doc that I connected them back to their, I think they call them personal statements when they apply to medical school, and said, do you remember what you wrote, why you got into medicine? If not, dust that off and reread it and look at what is the what is the why. Why did you get involved in this in the first place? And it can be very, that's been a, for that particular physician, that was a really useful conversation. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. Great suggestion. It almost gets, you know, hel- helps them understand getting back to the roots as to why they got into medicine in the first place. Yep. And again, gives them sort of a sense of comfort as to what they need to do going forward. You know, one of the things, Doug, I heard you speak not too long ago, and you had talked about the need for physicians to almost, you know, reboot their brain, right? Yeah. To To think about how they need to come to grips with what's happening now and then you know, kind of building on that going forward. Talk a little bit about that. I thought that was a really interesting concept. Yeah, I, I think it's it's this idea of, of that Shelley was talking about of reinventing. So once you've named this and your your being is now choosing your doing, then I think that reboot can happen naturally. And and there, if 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 you will, there's about four, there's three or four things here that I think um, are useful uh, for our listeners. Uh, frankly, for me, I have. <laughs> I I think self-leadership is the essential uh, beginning point for all of us. And so as you reboot, reboot your brain, I think uh, neurologically, I think there's a temptation to confuse social uh, distancing with social isolation. So I'm inviting people to make sure they're stay con- staying connected. I just got off the phone with a, with a, a leader a few hours ago and I said, you know, your physician rounding that you're accustomed to doing needs to continue. You need to round with your leaders uh, virtually. Pick up the phone. You know, stay connected. I think I, some of the people I'm interacting with, I don't know about you two, but are, they're feeling even more connected because of the Zoom technology and all of the, the intentional conversations we're having. It's, it's actually been one of those, you know, silver lining things for a lot of people. But I think staying connected is really important as you reboot your brain to to not default away from people. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, we um, about four or five weeks ago, when all of the social distancing and um, a lot of the the quarantine ramp up started to occur across the country, um, you know, physicians were really taken back with how to really interact with patients. And we launched a pretty comprehensive telemedicine, telehealth program with the idea of just helping physicians interact with the patients and obviously, you know, support the needs of the, of the patients. But what we found was it created a sense of connectedness yeah. that was lost for a period of time between yep. the physicians and the patients. And obviously there's an, there's an economic component there. There's a clinical component there, but there's also that, that connectedness component there, which I think really builds on what you've said. You know, it, it really helps created a sense of stability and that uh, that that ability to connect with the with the patients again was really important yeah I was uh, sometimes even just looking at people on the little square on the screen you you read their nonverbals even more intently you would than if you were sitting ten feet away in a chair so it can be really helpful one of my chairmen of a department would did go into the inpatient unit recently at a one of the east coast facilities and uh, he, he found something very interesting. The, the staff, so the physicians are doing a lot of telehealth. They're working from home. But the nursing staff and the rest of the staff are in the units. They're there. And just being visible to them meant a lot to them. He got several texts and emails thanking him for showing up. Um, and so now he's, he's, he's making a, a routine to stay connected with them. And I think... Uh, Boy, I w- I'd like to see that. It's, it keeps safe, obviously. I think there, there are um, practices you can do to do that. The second thing is uh, another one that I think a lot of them are already doing and maybe you've talked about is creating new structure. Um, I've had literally just one physician. She said, uh, you know what the best thing I've done for my uh, new structure, Doug, is? And I said, no. She said, take a shower every morning. <laughs> just that. It happened so fast, right? We all, this thing, the this, this switch flipped and we were all in this new, in this new reality. She said it was, it was a couple of weeks or maybe 10 days before I realized I was getting up and staying in my pajamas all day long. And, mm-hmm. and if, if you're like, if you're in the same thing I am, th- these physician leaders are on the phone, you know, literally all day, you know, seven to seven, a lot of them. So I think getting a new structure is extremely, important that you reboot your brain to understand something different is happening and I have to be different. Yeah. The the structure piece is really important, I think. And, you know, just being to ensure that you put in, whether it be getting up in the morning and taking a shower or, you know, um, having breakfast or working out or whatever the case may be, creating, um, those elements within your day becomes really important because I think, again, it, 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 what kicks it off for us. Right. And it's, it's sort of that, that new routine, that new, new normal, but you also have to be dedicated to that because it's very easy to kind of veer off one way or the other. And then I think that's where a lot of concern and anxiety and everything else sets in. Yeah, I grew a beard out of that because <laughs> eventually I just said, oh, I need to shave. I look terrible. Yeah, it is. You'll default to just being comfortable instead of uh, practicing. I think Shelly brought this up earlier, but when, when you, when you, once you name this, another thing that, that I think is helpful is you have to reframe 
your sense of what you have control over. Um, prior to COVID-19 and whatever we're going through, we've, we've, we became comfortable with the things that were in our control. And I think telehealth, telemedicine and telehealth has just catapulted. Um, it's a great example of how physicians have just taken control, taken a new control. I think you or Dan, somebody recently told me that telehealth has advanced in five weeks, like five years of acceleration. Um, so I, I had one colleague who lost her job. This isn't healthcare, but she worked in the restaurant industry. And week one, she started making masks, you know, back in, back in yep. late, late March. And she's got a little, uh, <laughs> little sweatshop going on in her, in her home, right? Just cranking out masks for healthcare leaders and selling them online. And just, she's doing a great job. Yeah, so, that's but, great. You know, yeah. like you said, reframing that, that sense of, of, of purpose of what you should be doing and, and restructuring it. I think that's just a natural part of how we need to progress through this. Yep. I had one, I had one physician who had, she has a couple of young babies and she was needed in the, uh, you know, she knew she was going to be needed and early on preemptively she took control and had her parents take the babies. Cause she said, I'm just, I'm too scared. I don't, I don't want to have to deal with coming home and, worrying what I'm doing to them. And so her, those babies, young babies under five have been with their grandparents for the last six weeks still are today. And that's, that's yeah. her, that was her way of saying, I can't handle this if I have to do that. And thankfully she had grandparents that were, you know, close by and safe. And it was early on in March, like mid March when she did that. Yeah. Well, Doug, this is great. And I think as, as physicians are trying to figure out what their practice is going to look like, whether you're employed by a large group or, you know, you're independent, I think these, you know, these four things that you mentioned, I think are, are, are critical towards really establishing this new sense of, of normalcy. I think, you know, first starting and, and naming this thing, I think that's just a great suggestion you know, putting, you know, establishing some identity around what, what this is, I think then really leads into the second thing is how you need to almost reinvent yourself, but really rebooting your brain to think about doing some things differently and creating what that new structure is um, becomes really important because it's sure. not going to be the same as what it was in the past. It's going to be different. And we really do have to focus on what some of those changes are going to be and really reframe a lot of those elements that are important to us that gives us that sense of purpose, but really still allows us to personally and professionally succeed. And, and again, I, I know that just being, just being um, aware, a lot of physicians are already there. They're doing this intuitively. I had one doc, Dan, told me that he was born for this mission. This was He's like, he's like jazzed and pumped. He's like, I love going to work every day because this is what I, this is what I signed up for. So a lot of docs are doing fine. They're amazing. They're our heroes of this, for sure, of this, you know, battle. Um, so we're only, you know, there's, there's probably a, I mean, maybe that middle ground, a third and another third that what might find this useful. Some of you, some of those docs are just incredible. I, I so admire them. Thank you to all of yeah. them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, they're the real heroes in, in all of this, all the first responders and everybody that's doing yeah, the great work to, to yep. move this along. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, any closing comments, Doug? Any other final thoughts or pieces of advice you may give to a number of these providers who are really thinking about what this is going to look like going forward, or even administrators, for that matter, how they can work with a lot of their physicians? That's a that's a that's a whole other topic, right? That's a great great question. I hope that um, I'm not interacting with a lot of administrators right now, but I hope that they are um, they're they're in a servant mindset. Um, I think this is the time to uh, realize we need to we need to serve and and give them the best opportunity to win. I think um, no, I have a quote from Brene Brown that I, I I'm really value her research and her she's a being doing person. She said the courage to be vulnerable is not about winning and losing; it's the courage to show up when you can't predict or control an outcome. So I'd say my it's not my advice. It's my. Uh, I just want to share with with all of our listeners that this is about courage. Do you have the courage to be honest with yourself, with each other, face it, and uh, and realize you don't have any control over this? I think that's probably one of the best lessons for me is just the illusion of control that I still hang on to. It's kind of nutty. <laughs> so just be courageous in these days, and courageous doesn't mean. You know, overpowering with control. I, I think it's doing inward, inward courage, encourage. It's, uh, it's being courageous enough to be honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah. I agree, boy. That's a great summary, Doug. Absolutely. I think courage, we all could use that. We all have to keep that in mind. And it's that, you know, that courage to continue to move forward and uh, support one another and, you know, work together to figure what this, what all this is about. And I think as we do that, that's what's going to really drive that level of success, that fulfillment uh, for all of us. And in and innovation, we'll, we'll we'll figure this out. I'm not. I think a lot of our uh, public figures are saying we'll figure this out together, but it's through courage and innovation that will happen. I think yeah. they happen in that order. We have to be courageous enough to innovate. Well, Doug, I want to thank you for your time today. This was great, and I'm sure your, our listeners will appreciate our discussion today as much as as I have. Shelly, you know, I think Doug brought up some fantastic points as, as physicians are really struggling with what, you know, their decrease in their revenues, you know, how they need to interact with patients. Um, The concepts and and a couple of the points that Doug brought up, particularly around rebooting your brain and really thinking about what, how things need to be done differently, putting in that new structure, that's going to be the critical point of success. Absolutely. And I really liked what, you know, what he talked about a couple of times, which is doing from the place of being. You know, in a lot of ways, this is an opportunity for us to go back to the basics, go back to the foundation, you know, perhaps even take a look at our personal mission statements, you know, dust those off and or maybe even redefine them as we start navigating this uh, new normal. So being courageous, being innovative, being informed and reaching out for help when needed, certainly those are going to be the key elements going forward. Yeah, and having the courage to be able to to do that. I think a lot of times um, all of us are at a position where we're sort of leaders in our field, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it's a little humbling to get out there and to ask for help or to say, hey, I you know, don't quite have that courage. I think to find it internally and to move it forward, that's what's going to drive the success for all of us. That's what's going to keep us keep us going and being strong as we get through this. Well, it's been a great conversation.
conversation. Hope you find it uh, valuable as well. We want to thank you for listening to our value-based care insights podcast by Lumina Health Partners. We at Lumina are your partners on your journey to value-based care. To learn more about us, visit us on luminahp.com. And if you found value in today's conversation, subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify, and leave us feedback. You can also find additional blogs, thought leadership on this topic, and transcript of our podcast on our website, luminahp.com. Join us again next time where we continue to highlight topics that are top of your mind in these times of change. And until then, have a great day and stay safe.